On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, everybody. I am Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And as always, I am joined by Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter or follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Give the show a follow at Lockdown Dynasty and be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast. Welcome to welcome to week 16, uh, the wrap up of week 16. We've got lots of action to talk about. We've got a big time injury to discuss. Marcus, how are you feeling about the end of your uh, at the, the end of your fantasy seasons, essentially, we've got one week left to go. Uh, my fantasy seasons aren't quite over yet, Kate, which is uh, which is good news, right? That means that we're uh, I'm still alive in some leagues. But uh, week 16 was an absolutely crazy, crazy week. We had uh, we had multiple offensive linemen score touchdowns this week. We had some of our biggest stars basically no show, right? Like if Jonathan Taylor. Uh, ran you to the playoffs, kind of laid you an egg. No Travis Kelsey. Tyree Kill didn't show up. Just a crazy, crazy week, Kate. Yeah, honestly, Tyree Kill um, activated from the COVID-19 list. His activation probably hurt you more than it helped you it because yeah. you might have started somebody else in his spot that would have scored uh, buku more fantasy points. But <laughs> we still got Monday Night Football. Uh, not sure how many fantasy points will be scored here. We've got... Alvin Kamara on the slate. We've got Ian Book as the yeah, starting baby. quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I, I don't know what we have in store for Monday Night Football, but I think it's going to be an interesting game, to say the least. I feel like first off today, we have to talk about the most devastating injury of Week 16 here. James Robinson tore his yep. Achilles. Yep. We all sort of it, – it was – pretty much immediately announced they knew it um this is a huge huge loss uh james robinson has been such a absolute superstar and this torn achilles really paves the way for travis Etienne. uh we did see cam Akers, who was activated after just five months uh of, of rupturing his achilles but probably won't see him till the postseason no. but i mean Gosh, you have to think that this is uh, not good for his long-term prospects with the team, especially considering a new regime coming in. No bueno. Yeah, this is this is really unfortunate, and this is the absolute worst kind of injury to have late in the season too, if you're a running back, because we, we haven't really seen Kate a lot of success from the running back position for guys that tear their Achilles in general, and now you're talking about somebody who tears it in you know December 26. I think it would be highly unlikely that he misses all training camp next year, all the preseason, and probably at least probably the first six games of the season. Like I, I think we're going to see him on the PUP list. Um, and that, again, you mentioned Travis Etienne, but now there's a spot open for him to basically take this job and run with it. So uh, just last week, Kate, we were talking about how excited we are that James Robinson is finally – gone from urban meyer now that he's the lead back and now it's okay is he even a top 40 dynasty running back anymore this is it's it's just really sad it, it is really sad and it, it 
you know, part of this comes from uh, just, you know, lack of draft capital. Um, obviously, he's proven that that's not an issue on the field, but we just know time and time again that it does become an issue when uh, you're you're trying to earn some of these coveted roster spots, especially when you're coming off such a significant injury. Now, in terms of the rehab process, you have to be encouraged. Cam, they they showed him um, our our mm -hmm. good friend. Oh my goodness, Colts running back Marlon yep. Mack. Yep. Uh, his name fell out of my brain there, but looked like he's had plenty of burst. Obviously, on very limited limited showing. But we before the trade deadline, they worshipped him a bit. He looked fresh. He looked like he had some burst. So I don't think we can really. Uh, make too big a judgment it's just it, the biggest loss is is the draft capital and i i think it's going to be very yeah, hard for yeah. him to find room in jacksonville moving forward unless they move on from him maybe trade him to another running back needy team it just seems like it's going to be pretty hard for the jaguars to trade him coming off a torn achilles like if he's healthy like in he's still on his rookie contract i get it but now it feels like it does feel like we're entering this marlon mack situation where he might still be able to come back. He still might be able to be the guy, but it, you know, they drafted somebody high in Jonathan Taylor and they, he stole the job. Wouldn't be surprised if some of the thing, same thing happens with, uh, with James Robinson and Travis Etienne. Uh, can we talk about something more uplifting, please? This is too sad for me. Uh, well, yeah, let's, let's get into cam Akers and that news okay. a little bit. Yeah. Do. Um, obviously, so I guess the activation of Cam Akers was more for a pension uh, reason. They needed to activate him uh, at, at least for three games of the regular mm -hmm. season, uh, I think, to gain it a year uh, credit towards pension. So uh, good on the Rams for doing that. But it does sound like we're going to see him in the postseason. As I said, looks great. Um, yesterday, though, I, I want to talk about the <laughs> use of Sony Michelle, he's yeah. uh, only got one year left, but I mean, it's been the Sony on his Michelle contract, show. On his life, on his contract, we should mention that. <laughs> I hope that was clear. I really, <laughs> I really hope that was clear. Um, but man, I had 31 total touches, or sorry, I had 28 total touches, 20 or 31 opportunities mm -hmm. here in week 16 uh, has done really well he's looked like a whole new running back with the rams so what uh would you expect them to make an effort to resign sony michelle do you think he moves on because i think sony michelle is probably the biggest barrier um or the biggest question mark there because uh, daryl henderson uh came in for one one yeah. run yesterday yeah. looked great <laughs> looked great on that snap but guess what uh lo and behold sprained his knee um, just after one touch. He can't stay healthy. Um, so I can't, I, I can't project him as a big part of this team moving forward because every time he touches the ball, uh, good things happen on the field, but bad things happen to his body. So they need to make some contingency plans. And I think they need to, yep. to consider keeping Sony Michelle around for, uh, you know, another couple of years to keep, Cam Akers fresh and uh, just keep running the ball. 
Yeah, Sony Michelle in his last four games, 423 rushing yards, two touchdowns, uh, six receptions for 35 yards. You wish he got a little bit more work in the passing game, even if it's only two or three catches a game. But still, you're basically getting 110 yards every single week from Sony Michelle. To me, Kate, the more impressive thing is the the carries, right? He's averaging 22 and a half carries a game over the last month. He's basically become the lead guy there. Like it's it's pretty clear that going forward, Sonny Michelle is going to be the 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 back there. He played 81% of the snaps yesterday, 85% of the running back snaps. Uh, and he got every single carry inside of the 10-yard line. So yeah, I think Sony Michelle th- the rest of the season is a borderline RB1. I think if they bring him back next year, we're talking about him as a rock solid RB2, and that's pretty crazy considering all of the other draft capital the Rams have spent on running back, you know, Cam Akers, uh, Darrell Henderson, Jake Funk, even uh, it's been, it's been pretty crazy. Uh, we should, uh, we should tell you guys about built bar uh, because we built bar helped us through the holiday season because my goodness, there was some ugly, ugly games on uh, Sunday that we <laughs> had to watch. Uh, but this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie chocolate, double chocolate, cherry, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, or any other one of their fantastic Built Bars? Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. All right, Kate, can we just run through a couple guys kind of rapid fire uh, in, so we can talk about as many guys as possible in the show? Does that work? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Nick Chubb, 17 carries, 126 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, also added in three for 58 as a receiver. He's back to being an RB1, right? Locked in, locked and loaded. Uh, and this week, my oh my, get the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's going to run for 7 million yards and 17 touchdowns. My estimate. Uh, Chase Evans, um, no James Conner in week 16. So Evans became the, the lead guy there. 16 carries for 56 yards and touchdown. Okay, that's not great average. The receiving t- work. Oh, the my receiving. goodness. The receiving, 8 kid. for 71. Fantastic. Um, I, I think if Conner's out of the lineup, I still think Chase Edmonds is the default receiving back. Give me all of the Chase Edmonds. Let me give you a name. Uh, T. Higgins. T. Freaking Higgins. Uh, Like 1A, 1B wide receiver one with the Cincinnati Bengals. 12 for 194 receiving yards, two touchdowns. I mean, just absolutely dominated this season and you know what he's like he's come on so strong he was injured in the beginning of the season but he's had over 114 receiving yards in four of the last five games wow he's good he's good yeah last five games 583 yards and four touchdowns i mean he's incredible you could see this game coming a a mile away right because in the last game against baltimore he had 15 targets just wasn't quite on the same page as burrow in this game with, uh, with with Marlon Humphrey gone and some of the other corners, Marcus Peters, Peters obviously out for the season. Higgins just ate. Like, they just didn't have anybody that could cover him. So wasn't surprising at all that he just dominated. 
a couple more guys, Kate, let's get to Ronald Jones. <laughs> 20 carries oh for my. 65 yards and a touchdown. Hey, you'll take that. Like it's not the most efficient uh, work in the two catch two receptions for 16 yards. So overall, you know, 80 total yards in the touchdown. That's fine. But why wasn't he efficient at all? Uh, you know, I think part of this uh, might be just because of the fact that we, um, you know, have seen the loss of assets in the receiving game. I, I This from the get kind of felt like a run centric game. And I think um, that the defense just expected that. Um, and you know what? Carolina has not been a pushover defense all season long, but you know what? He still got the touchdown. I think the most curious question is um, just, what does this do for his dynasty value in uh, moving forward? He's 24 years old, but he's clearly, he is not the first option uh, for this team. Um, I have to imagine we've, we've already said it, that they bring Leonard Fournette back. Um, what do you do with Ronald Jones? I mean, do you stash him uh, as an in case of emergency option or do you trade him while he's uh, getting some touches and might have a little bit more attention from those who were high on him as a draft prospect? I think you trade him. I just don't think Ronald Jones is anything worth hanging on to because even like now he's, he's the clear cut starter in Tampa Bay and it took a touchdown to really salvage his day. Right. So I just, I think I would move on and, Try to get some draft capital back and save that roster spot for somebody else. That's at least my thought. Yeah, even with the starting role, I only saw three targets on the day. Definitely didn't slide precisely into that Leonard Fournette role. And you know what? He's not a receiving back. Um, and no. that's that's what's going to hurt him as long as he's in Tampa Bay. Um, but I don't know that he's done enough to necessarily earn um, a, a full-time starting role in a future offense. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see what he does. He hasn't been terrible, but just hasn't done quite as much as you want to see um, for a second round pick. All right. Next one, Justin Jackson, who we talked about on this uh, podcast last week, got to start with Austin Eckler out. And if you picked him up and played him in your dynasty leagues and your re redraft leagues, you probably won uh, 11 carries for 64 yards and two touchdowns but also added eight receptions for 98 yards on nine targets. I mean, maker. just had a yeah, monster, monster day. Uh, thoughts, Kate? Uh, fantastic. Um, this was an opportune matchup, uh, especially with Austin Eckler out. This isn't, um, this isn't exactly how I projected this game to go. <laughs> I don't think really anybody projected uh, that the Texans would come out and win uh, despite the fact that they were at home, it didn't matter uh, against Justin Herbert in this Chargers offense. But um, I, again, I'm still thinking that maybe the ceiling's not quite as high uh, as we want it to be, uh, just because of the just because of the game script, the weirdness of the situation, Austin Eckler being out. I I keep thinking just that there are a lot of things that keep having to go right, um, and I why can't I buy into Justin Jackson? Help me out. Uh, maybe it's because of the, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's <laughs> just because of the draft capital. They didn't spend a super high pick on him and he's not like an overly great athlete, but 
I think he is one of these guys, Kate, going forward. Like any game that uh, Austin Eckler misses, you plug him right in. And at worst, he's a RB2. I just think he's – I think that the Chargers trust him. He's a pretty good goal linebacker, and we know that he's a capable as a receiver. So um, a, a good performance by him. Um, that was, He wasn't even Something I back. will say, though, that I, I want to give him uh, some credit, though, because – you know, one of my big concerns for him uh, as, you know, just even a depth piece was that I, I feel like leading up to now, we didn't see a, a true commitment to one of their backups. Uh, but it's become very clear uh, that Joshua Kelly is the third stringer here. And Justin Jackson has cemented himself as the, the backup running back. So uh, definitely kudos to my man. JC or JJ. Woo. JJ. I know my alphabet. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's. <laughs> I know my uh, he alphabet. He wasn't even the story of the day at running back, Kate. Uh, Rex Burkhead, 22 carries for 149 yards and two touchdowns for the Texans as they upset the Chargers in Houston. Any fantasy value for Burkhead going forward? I mean, honestly, so uh, Burkhead. Uh, another guy coming off injury, uh, but, you know, I think he has been uh, an interesting, uh, an interesting play. I'll say that um, he's been getting the volume. He's been getting the volume there. Um, I think he has established himself as their lead back for the time being. But I mean, the Chargers have been a team that have been getting gashed all season on the ground. Um, I, I think, again, this was a uh, an opportune matchup, uh, opportune game script. I'm not sure that I buy into Rex Burkhead um, no. as a consistent starter, but you, you got to give the man kudos. He's 31 years old uh, and, and still absolutely crushing it, but I, I'm going to sell high on Rex Burkhead if I can return some value here. Uh, last one that I wanted to mention is just Josh Jacobs, 27 carries for 129 yards, um, did catch one pass for negative five yards, but he ran well. He did have a fumble in this game. Um, how are we valuing Josh Jacobs going forward? Because I think, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe he was inside the top 12 at running back, but this is only his second 100 yard game of the season. What are just your general thoughts on Josh Jacobs? Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm really struggling with Josh Jacobs. Uh, you know, I, I will say he got off to a hotter start in the beginning of the season, had some more consistent touchdowns, um, and he's even been utilized a little bit more in the receiving game this year, especially uh, with the loss of Henry Ruggs, um, with Darren Waller out. We've seen him get more opportunities, but he has yet to exceed a thousand yards uh, from scrimmage so far on the season. Um, He's been a volume-based play. He has not been efficient. You know, if I can sell him based on the notion that he is a volume-based running back, because I, I do think they are going to ride him out for the, the length of his rookie contract. If I can load him off my plate, I, I absolutely will after a 100 rushing yard performance. Yeah, I think that's the right call. And we saw even like when Kenyon Drake was on this team earlier in the season, like, they like to split the work. So I don't know if it's ever going to be like this again, where he's the only one getting, you know, this many touches. He's getting 25 touches a game. It just seems pretty unlikely. Uh, all right. Let's take one more quick break to tell you guys about bet online. 
BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march to the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Kate, just to, to close out the show, I wanted to talk about how this season has kind of changed and shifted your dynasty mentality. Have you learned anything from this year on how you're going to kind of build your teams and dynasty leagues going forward? I actually think there's going to be a big shift uh, in my approach moving forward. Um, the the biggest takeaway I think from this season has been, uh, you know, depth is key and it's always been so important in dynasty fantasy football, but um but I think depth is going to be my focus uh, more so than studs, more so than rookie picks. It, it's it's all about depth. Those who had depth this season on their rosters uh, are the ones that made it for the length of the season. Uh, you know, obviously mm-hmm. couldn't bank on, on consistent starts uh, from some of your depth pieces. But I, I mean, those with, uh, you know, names like... Uh, Michael Pittman, who was uh, sort of one of those fringe wide receivers, uh, Christian Kirk. If you mm-hmm. held out on Christian Kirk, he's the wide receiver 25 on the year. Um, Tyler Boyd, even uh, with his uh, not not so efficient season, he's still the wide receiver 29. You've got Kendrick Bourne. There are so many depth pieces that I think came up really big uh, in, you know, just kind of small ways throughout the season um, that, if you had some of these fill-in names week to week, these were the guys that helped you survive your weeks because, you know, loading all of your assets into these studs, I think this this season was a great example of why that's not always the smartest thing to do for your dynasty rosters. Yeah, and I'm, I'm even looking at, like, one of my dynasty teams now that started, like, Jeff Wilson and Justin Jackson this week. Like, you just have to have some of these guys on the right teams where if, if they play, uh, you know they're going to produce. So I, I agree with you. I think depth is more important now than ever. Uh, obviously, studs are still important. Having a Jonathan Ch- Taylor or a Mark Andrews or a Justin Jefferson, that obviously helps. But you, you've you got to have three or four guys on your bench that you feel like, hey, if, if I need to play this guy, I feel good that they can get me 12 PPR points. And those are the types of players that help you advance in the playoffs right because you're not taking a zero by starting oh i don't know just a, a random player off your, your waiver wire. you're starting a quality player on a good team so um i i think i agree with you kate so i i think next year you're gonna see a lot of people maybe trading let's say a, a second round pick in dynasty drafts right second round picks tend to be really volatile right you see a lot of in a lot of drafts second round picks sometimes don't even end up making your roster because they get buried on your bench and you end up drafting a fourth round receiver in the NFL draft. I am almost thinking Kate, I'd rather use that second round pick on a, a proven veteran that can help me right away. Like we saw how many dynasty trades did we see this year for like Brandon cooks, for example, for a 2022 second round pick. 
that makes no sense to me. Like, give me the proven guy that can help me win, uh, win a championship. Then maybe a guy that could eventually become halfway good as Brandon Cook. So I, I, I just, I agree with you. I think that's a good call. Yeah, I love it. I think, uh, I mean, just in general, uh, most rookie picks, this is a great reminder that uh, a lot of rookie picks, though we have our uh, scouting process, though we have hit rates, uh, though we have all of this information at our fingertips. Remember, it's the first round picks uh, in your, your dynasty drafts, those early first round picks that are usually the hits. But um as you go on uh, further and further uh, deeper, deeper into your rookie drafts, the hit rates continue to get lower. Um, It's just, it's a good reminder to stay humble and remember that uh, maybe shoot your shot on some of these guys that, that do have that proven track record. Let me Um, give you an example like this year. These are second round picks from this year's rookie draft. Okay. Uh, Terrace Marshall. Have we heard of Terrace Marshall at all over the last couple of weeks? Uh, no. no. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell has been okay. Uh, Trey Sermon, Diane Brown, Amari Rogers, Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace, Dwayne Eskridge, Nico Collins. Like, man, if you can no. trade second round picks right now for an established veteran, like we we talk about all the time on the show, it's like it's a it's a pretty smart move. I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it as well. Uh, All right, that was today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Matt and Ryan will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday. Kate and I will be back on uh, Friday, excuse me, Friday to to preview week 17, which is the last week for fantasy football championships. Unless you play one of those crazy leagues that plays in week 18, don't do that. Please don't do that. Uh, You can follow (laughs) Kate at FF Ball Blast. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your week. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys.